You're listening to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast, hosted by Kimberly Fujitaki and Thea Bichelle. Hello and welcome. Welcome, Kimberly. Hello. Oh, I actually timed that intro right. I'm so proud of myself right now. We're in like on a good one. Talk about it. It wasn't three minutes later because it's not working. (laughs) Talk about living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) It's the small things, yeah, the small things. (laughs) It really is. Um, So today we're going to be talking about the dream. What does that even mean, Kimberly? Uh, you know, and it's different for, I think it's different for each person. You know, Thea and I went into yoga teacher training thinking that we weren't even going to teach yoga. Yeah. So, you know, our dream is different than obviously what other people have dreamed of. But, you know, the dream is to have, you know, 100 people in your class and be able to travel around the world and teach yoga to retreat centers that are full and to make millions of dollars being able to teach yoga. And uh, that dream is that is a nightmare for most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I also think that, you know, there was a time in which filling these spaces was a possibility, but as the marketplace within the yoga, within the world of yoga and the business of yoga adjusted and shifted and became oversaturated, it became more of a dream than a reality. And those who've been teaching since the 80s, the 90s, or the early aughts um, that developed spaces and places and videos and whatnot, and they were the early adapters, they do make money like that. But for most people, it's going to be more of a struggle because of the fact that those spaces and places have been filled. And if you just scroll through Instagram, right, you can you can see people with thousands of followers. Yeah, but even people who are just freshly out of teacher training you know Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's a visual that Mm -hmm. certain people attain that they're capable of creating a large following around their message for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and you know so I think a lot of people who are you know may seem to be having this you know large group of people who are supporting their teaching but you know, looks aren't always what they actually, you know, what actually is happening. Mm-hmm. Right it's now. better. Yeah. It's better to have a small audience and high engagement than a large audience and low engagement. And a lot of those places and spaces in which you see like people with hundreds of thousands of followers, a lot of that doesn't translate into paying clients or students. Yeah. So, you know, the dream is really dependent on how you see yourself teaching. What are the things that you want to do? Like my dream of teaching was to be able to sustain myself, you know, professionally and be able to offer my students, my teacher trainees, the people attend my workshops, you know, a really amazing experience for themselves that they could connect to their own motivation for practice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's been working. The pandemic has definitely made it much, much more difficult for me um, to continue to like look at that dream and be like, is this what I really want to be doing? And can I do it? And can you keep it up? And right now, like the honest truth is, no, I'm not. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a nightmare right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's and a nightmare I mean, that I can't, you know, 
Yeah. And I mean, most of us who work in a service-based capacity, this pandemic has hit us so hard because, you know, when you have clients that are so used to working with you one-on-one in person, shifting that to the digital space when they're already Zooming all day long for work is not that easy. Yeah. And so, you know, we have to realize that like some of the ideas that we may have had, um, or dreams that we may have had about our practice and our teaching aren't necessarily going to pan out, you know? Yeah. You have to bring the awareness to, like, are these dreams attainable? Are these dreams, you know, goals that I can put action into to be able to achieve them, you know? Or is this just like, you know, a pipe dream that somebody's trying to sell me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely agree. I don't know why, but it was just making me think of uh, the Langston Hughes, uh, a dream deferred. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I just love that poem. But, you know it's kind of timely for right now. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, and all those other social media spaces are just blowing up with everybody coaching. Uh You know, like acquire all the students you possibly can need or all the clients you possibly can need. And, you know, a lot of this I've worked with business coaches. I grew up in a household where my father has been a member of like 20 some odd MLMs. Um, I've worked with yoga liberties. Like I have participated in, in the sale of dreams, like as in a purchaser or a bystander, <laughs> uh, you know, and part of the thing is, is it's not that everyone has nefarious purposes or it can't help deliver helping you achieve that dream, whatever it may be but you need to have awareness surrounding what it is that they're doing um, so that you can, you know, really see whether it's going to help you or not. And I worked with a business coach who was very helpful and they did help me incur- increase my uh, engagement with the students I already had, but those students were already attending class, mm-hmm. you know, so it did help with larger items and workshops, but it didn't help in the long run because I didn't, it didn't grow my audience. Right. Like and I had also, a very, oh, go ahead. It also has to depend on like what you're willing to do too. Like a lot of mm-hmm. things that coaches are saying are not ethically something that I will do. You yes. Know? And, and so it's going to be up to you. Like I've had plenty of people say, if you do this, you'll make money, but my ethics will not allow me to do what they're saying. Yeah. So, you know, people can be telling you how to make money and how how essentially what they're doing is telling you how they made money. Yeah. But and a lot of them make money that way, you know. Yeah. And a lot of them are not actually making money that way, but making money off of the telling you the way to make money. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about body, the body positive movement. Kimberly and I have been a part of that since before it was trending. And for me, what body positivity means is you have a body, I'm positive, 
you know, and your body deserves respect. It doesn't mean you have to love your body. It doesn't mean you have to appreciate your body. That can be really hard for some people because people have different, different relationships with their body. I have autoimmune issues. So, you know, there's times I don't really like my body because it can feel like a betrayal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if I were to sell it, I've seen other people who started around the same time or even after me be really successful because they're like, just love the skin you're in, you know, mm-hmm. and selling it to that, to that, that way. And people do want to buy the dream. I mean, that's the reality. That's, that's what marketing and, and advertisements all about is selling the dream. If you use this shampoo, you're going to <laughs> attract this person. <laughs> if you yeah. take this yoga class, your stress will go away. You know, like we're a society who has problems and the problem is the reason people want to buy things from you, Mm -hmm. right? To solve that problem. And I've told this Cynthia multiple occasions, like I am not going to convince people there's something wrong with them in order for me to get them into my yoga classes. Like that's not appropriate for me. I don't think that that's what or how I want people to come to practice yoga like there's nothing wrong with you we have to be able to like understand that obviously there are things that people want to work on everybody is different we want to acknowledge the space that there's there's a potential for growth of course but the people who are spending large amounts of money on certain things are because they're struggling or suffering and somebody says you can have what i have and that's not the mm-hmm. marketing that I want to do. And that's not yeah. the dream that I want to sell. And personally, I don't feel that it's it's ethical to be for me to be telling people that that's the reason they should be buying things from me as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And like for me as a hypnotherapist, people will say, "What's your success rate?" <clears throat> and I have a high success rate, but it really depends on the person. Because even if I'm successful with 98% of my clients, there's that 2% that aren't going to have success for whatever reason. Because mm-hmm. people have to put in the work. You can teach yoga. You can hypnotize people. You can take them on meditation journeys. You can uh, show them how to develop materials for workshops, whatnot. But if people don't do that, then You can lead a horse to water, but you can't yeah. make them drink. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and a lot of things in in. Uh, I was having a conversation with my my husband yesterday about, you know, uh, I am not a person that's big into self-help books, you know, and um, I just never have been. My father was big into it. My dad, like I said, my dad's really into MLMs. Like, and so that turned me off. And it's funny because here I am working in the self-help <laughs> aspect, but, you know, I find a lot of the literature is, it can actually contribute to people feeling worse about themselves. And what people will do is they'll purchase something, whether it's an MLM, whether it's a book, whether it's a training or something like that. Um, We'll say digital training so that just for the the sake of this example. And when they purchase it, they feel really good. And when they decide they're going to participate, they feel really good. But when that stuff doesn't manifest the way they want or when they lose interest, that can decrease their self-satisfaction self self satisfaction mm-hmm. and that can decrease their sense of value yeah and, and then they buy more I, I you know i've been in that trap before where mm-hmm. a teacher has told me you know get into my program do this mastermind you're going to learn so much more about your business about yourself about blah 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 blah. you know i make six figures being a teacher you can too blah 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 right <clears throat> 
and uh, that was a lie, you know. Yeah. Like, and and I spent thousands of dollars on on that lie, and mm -hmm. you know, are there benefits to what the time was? I have to find those benefits, you know, yeah. like to make myself feel better about it. But for the most part, no, it wasn't. You know, like there's opportunities that certain people, whether or not they like Theo was saying, if it's nefarious or not. <clears throat> They're still trying to get you to do something for their benefit, you know? So mm -hmm. don't just think that everybody's trying to do it to help you because it's not only to help you. Mm -hmm. If you're paying somebody thousands of dollars for something, it's to help them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think that, you know, going on to the objective, you know, um, some people are just predatory. And I remember years ago, I went on this retreat with one of my teachers and someone else. And the other person that was there, I just did not align with. Like, they just seemed very manipulative. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the retreat, they said, you know, well, now you're feeling great. You're feeling wonderful. But in a few days, you're going to feel bad. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel horrible because this isn't real. You know, this is this is an escape and you're going to need to do additional work in order to maintain that. And this person was a life coach. So they're selling their their services. Right. You know, and that that was the whole point. And that just did not sit well with me. And from that person's media marketing. Also, I saw all of this manipulation, mm -hmm. like feeding into this. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And then also selling the solution of how you can be good enough. Right. You know, and then <clears throat> probably repeating that every time they do a workshop where they do a training, I mean, or a workshop or a retreat, you need me. And Kimberly and I both have been where we want to help people uh, become self-sufficient. Yeah. yeah, because to me, as a teacher, people eventually outgrow you. Mm -hmm. Or they might keep going to your class because they enjoy the relationship you have, but they don't need you. That's like my objective as a goal. That's my dream as a teacher. You know, and I've had people over the years who've only come to a couple of my classes who've written me later saying, oh, my God, you helped me feel confident going into another place because I know how to modify or I know that there's nothing wrong with my body. Yeah. You know, and I've also advocated for students to tell teachers when they've spoken inappropriately to them, you know, regarding their body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think you just have to be really aware of the objective of the person that's sharing information with you yeah. and you know even though you know i there's benefits that i've accepted i mean i've uh, experienced from business coaches or working with yoga celebrities but you know um ultimately like it never panned out as big as as the promise right yeah and and that's the thing is that there the the idea is to get you in Mm -hmm. Because once you're in, and then you, you see some results, right? So you're connected mm -hmm. to the community. And then, and then it ends. And you're like, well, I'm not to where I'm supposed to be. Well, it's like, well, that be that's because you need to sign up for the next round, you know, you need to have this accountability, you need to have, and, you know, it provides something with it as a service for people but it is also a crutch because as if you if you stop paying, they kick the crutch out from underneath you yeah. and you have nothing, you know? Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where 
you have to be really careful about who, why, and exactly what Theo was saying, like the objective of this person that wants you to be involved in this mastermind or business coaching. It's because sometimes you're the person who's actually leading (laughs) and you're the person who's actually doing all the legwork. And then, but because this person was able to get those people together for whatever reason, they feel like they're owed, you know, (laughs) they're owed that space of being like, well, I, I put this together and I don't necessarily feel like that's right. You know, you should be connecting in community in a way that isn't just pay to play, you know? And and I think that a lot of times with yoga, people will, uh, will not connect in that community because either we're a group of flaky people. So nobody like really, you know, commits to doing something unless they have to pay for it, which I hate. Um, (laughs) And, Or, you know, we feel like in order for something to be meaningful, it has to be expensive. And that's capitalism, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's not true. (laughs) Yeah. And so it comes down to safeguarding. Like looking at, you know, you may choose to participate in these things, you know? And if it works for you, that's fine. But just be aware Um, of like whether it's something that you can afford. I've seen people throw money into spaces where they couldn't pay rent, where they couldn't, you know, take care of their daily needs. So, you know, if you're choosing to join an MLM or if you're choosing to buy a business coach uh, deal or you're choosing to to follow yoga liberties or whatnot, just make sure it's in a space that you can afford, you know, whether that's time or money. Um, And then look at the messaging too. Is the messaging that they're providing contributing to your progress progress of moving forward? Or is the message that they're providing making you feel like you have more arbitrary roadblocks? Yeah. Or, yeah, the message they're providing, too, saying, well, you have to keep paying me in order for you mm-hmm. to be successful. You know? Yeah. That, that's a red flag. It's a red flag for you to be. Um, and Kimberly, yeah, and Kimberly and I both have been places where we've done way more work for the person that we're following, let's say, um, than the exchange of energy that they're providing. Mm-hmm. And it maybe even cost us money, you know. Yeah, um, it definitely cost me time. It definitely mm-hmm. cost me, you know, like heartache too yeah. from developing relationships in the community that I end up getting kicked out of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, there's always that message like, oh, next time it's going to be like this next time. But the next time never happens. Yeah. You know, because something else comes in up that aligns with their needs. So that's also something to be aware of, like, as the objective of the person that's providing the service, are they providing a service that satiates your needs or helps your needs? Or is it they're just selling a product for their own needs and aren't taking into consideration you as the client, customer, or student? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so in terms of the dream, like when you think about, you know, the awareness, the objective, and, and the safety, of safety, you know, of the process and the things that you're following towards your dream, like remember that not everybody is has the same dream that you do. Yeah. You know? And has this the same 
obstacles or has the same, you know, everybody can say, you know, there's so many coaches out right now and yeah. so many people saying you can make a million dollars, you know, like think about why that messaging is attractive to you. You know, is it just the charismatic personality of the person that you really like? Is it that they have like actionable steps that you're able to take that move you in that direction? Or is it just, you know, some people just get infatuated with an idea. Mm-hmm. And so then they look for the information that will try to make it so that you think like the instance that I was feeling. I went in the beginning, I felt very alone in my kids' yoga business because there weren't a lot of people who were running the scale of kids yoga business that I was trying to run. And so in my community, just trying to find people who could actually like relate to me about those things was really difficult. So I tried to, so I spent a lot of time like searching and looking and looking for that community, Mm -hmm. but it didn't end up benefiting me in the way that I had wanted it to because it was one of those things where it's like, if you have the money to pay to play into this, then here you go. Mm-hmm. If you don't, well, then either you have to work for it for free or you just get kicked out, you know? Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> like finding that that's not, that wasn't what I needed in order to be successful. And, and, and that isn't what I need now was a really like hard lesson for me in terms of uh, going through that whole process and then being, and then essentially being like kicked out of a group of people and, you know, that I spend so much time bringing together, you know? Yeah. And, and that's hard. That's really hard. That was a really hard lesson for me to be like, do I, do I have the community that I have? I have some members of it, but it's still, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about when I said, Hey, come to this Balinese mo- modality, Kimberly, this is interesting. <laughs> I'm like, but the person who's running it, I find predatory. Mm. Um, but I was like, the modality is interesting. And then Kimberly went with me and she agreed that it was interesting, but the person was predatory. And then uh, a week ago, one of my students uh, sent me a link from, for a article in the, uh, the Hollywood reporter talking about the person. Yeah. And, you know, because it was one of those things where, you know, just from her language, you could see that people were being um, manipulated and she was the answer. And if, if someone's providing, you know, if someone's like, I'm the only answer, then to me, that's a, the red flag. Well, and then you talk to like other people in the community and you realize, mm-hmm. and then they, when you're talking to them one-on-one, they tell you that this person is doing the same thing that, that they did to you, to them, you know, yeah. that's a red flag. That's yeah. not safe. That's a person who's not being honest. And mm-hmm. just continue to contribute harm to other people, yeah. whether or not they want to take, you know, personal responsibility for it. Um, yeah. You know, I, and we have to yeah. be careful. And I remember another example is uh, there's, uh, you know, there's living saints in Hinduism. 
and there's there's a few that are quite popular and one of them uh their sister passed away and i said something about you know i'm like well you know she's human she's human you know and someone's like oh no she's the avatar you know she's she's not human and then recently um there's been stories coming out of india about this person who's an avatar that's not supposed to be human uh secretly having medical attention mm-hmm. you know so also like look at these stories right because we no one is impervious to uh what do you call it mortality mm-hmm. <laughs> right like if if it's like i haven't been sick my whole entire life because i drink goji juice or whatever like right. there's there's something like there's this myth yep and like i'm not sick very often but i do get sick yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm one of those people who deny I'm sick until I can't deny I'm sick, but it doesn't mean that I don't catch the common cold occasionally, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So when people start to build these stories that they're bigger than humanly possible, that they've been somehow touched by God and so, or by gods. And so they're impervious to, to human conditions. Mm-hmm. That's also a warning sign. Yeah. And it's important too, like, you know, people are posting, people just like look at a quote and post it from, you know, like Osho. And and if you haven't seen Wild Wild Country, like, or even like looked him up, like if you just do a simple Google search, like you'll see that like the people that you think are saying something nice aren't always the nicest people or having mm-hmm. a lot of issues, you know, like we have to also not just, you know, like when people are suffering, they want to bite whatever it is that will take away that suffering. Yeah. So, you know, just be mindful that if, if something sounds too good to be true, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, even with like uh, Swami Saraswati, I can't remember his full name. Anyway, predatory person um uh, abuse within that program within that system uh but there's a swami that comes to where i live and i see her and she's she's a psych she was a she's a retired psychiatrist you know Mm -hmm. um and she's really this intelligent human who leads wonderful meditations you know so there are people who come out of these systems that aren't nefarious or horrible you know so it's not that everything is flawed and you shouldn't do anything it's just you know, be aware of people who are manipulating you and, and using research it. Yeah. Because like with her, she's just like very mellow and just, you know, cause she's coming from the science as well as the spiritual, mm-hmm. you know? And so she has like this deeper view, but also it's not like, this is going to solve everything. Right. You know, if someone promises to solve everything, more than likely they're not going to solve anything. <laughs> And you will probably have more problems after. And then also self-judgment, right? Afterwards when it doesn't work out. Because I know when Kimberly and I both have been in these situations where we followed someone with these false promises and we went in with uh, these. Kimberly and I are very uh, focused. (laughs) Um, You know, so when we're like told to do something, we're like, okay, we're going to do this. If we, if we, if it aligns with our values and ethics, um, but then later when those people don't follow through, then, you know, we're human, so we can feel hurt. Yeah. So we don't want you to suffer like us. (laughs) Exactly. That's the main thing is that, you know, 
just stay conscious of motivations of people, especially when you're looking for something to kind of fill a gap that you yeah. think isn't is going on. Um, and the motivation underneath that needs to be clear and it needs to be purposeful and you need to understand it because if you don't and you just go in which a lot of I feel like new teachers especially when you're starting out and people are like well you're just gonna get so much exposure if you do this and this and this and this for me for me because you know I have such a big audience blah 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 it's like that's been disproven like a million times now, mm-hmm. guys. Like, let's yeah. just put that out there. People are telling you that you need to do X, Y, thousand Z in order for you to have exposure. Stop it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> stop it. Yeah. Like, volunteering for sake of volunteering is different yeah. than giving away your services because you don't have the confidence to be able to deliver what it is that you want to. Like, and also, to. if you have an uh oh feeling, even if everyone else thinks it's magnificent, perfect, the best thing since I'm going to go with Betty White because she predates sliced bread. I already made that joke with Kimberly earlier. Like, Dia doesn't even eat gluten. So I don't even eat gluten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, like if it sounds too good to be true and you feel like or even if it sounds OK, but you have an uh-oh feeling, trust your uh-oh feeling. Yeah. Always trust your uh-oh feeling. And have the people that are close to you, like, don't do things in secret. If you're doing it in secret, it's probably not something that's good. <laughs> yeah. And buy somebody that you, that cares about you, that knows what you're doing, you know, that yeah. is is somebody that you trust, you know, like, say, hey, I, I saw this, da, da, da. And I used to do that with my sister all the time, because even though she doesn't know as much about yoga, she still knows about predatory practices, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I show her this thing and she's like, that, that doesn't look good, you know? Yeah. And I have that feel, you know, like that there's somebody there that's also looking on behalf of me, you know? Like, that's important. And also a lot of these success programs, there's no, there aren't statistics. Right. They'll, they'll say like, everyone's successful, but it's like, are they? Well, in my, you know, are, my, are you yeah. everyone that's telling you they're successful or are you making that up? I remember a few years ago, I went to this event with another, um, not a yoga teacher, but another person in wellness. And actually they did have, they gave um, added value. You know, um, we went, they gave a, a few templates, one which, which we used to do this podcast. Um, but overall, I was just like, okay, there's something that doesn't feel good about this, right? Yeah. And so they broke us off into people who knew that it was like a two-day thing. And they broke us up into people who knew they were going to do it, people who were iffy about doing it, and people who knew they weren't going to do it. And so I knew I wasn't going to do it. I didn't know what the price was, but just it didn't feel right, right? Yeah. And so the guy... So the guy said to me, like, well, you know, this is just you uh, being resistant to growing. And I was like, I don't think so. (laughs) You know, and then it turns out that it was a $15,000 program, Mm -hmm. you know. And so he was doing NLP. He was and I'm I mean, I've been trained in NLP. I know I find it. It's a sales. I mean, it's used in hypnosis and and um, in other places to be beneficial, but it's also used by car salesmen, mm-hmm. insurance salesmen, 
uh, other Jones, types of salesmen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, you know, I could see that he was trying to manipulate me and then he was turning it into my lack of value. You know, not that his program is expensive and doesn't resonate with me or I didn't buy into all the things that they said, you know, but it was it was on me why I wasn't doing it. And it was on me because it didn't feel right. 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 But, you know, I didn't want to go into debt to do a program. I mean, that doesn't necessarily have any way of like measuring your success in it either. You know, there's a lot of people saying, you know, sell these products that will, it will go in tandem with your yoga teaching and you'll make extra money. So you don't have to feel like, you know, there's so much pressure on you. You know, there's lots Mm -hmm. of angles that people are trying to sell to yoga teachers to get them to do things that they say will complement their business. But, you know, if you're running a bunch of different things simultaneously, for the most part, a lot of people don't have the ability to multitask in that way. So one is going to suffer at Mm -hmm. some point, Yeah, you know? So just being really mindful about like (laughs) what people are telling you, why they're telling you what's what's in their interest for them to be telling you these things too. Mm-hmm. important in in your process of of trying to um, decipher if it's something that you want to do or not and I would say to do that when you're looking at a teacher training that you want mm-hmm. to take as well because there's plenty of teacher trainings that are like if you take my training you can teach in my studio and mm-hmm. uh, you know oh yeah and then at the end that not happening they won't let you yeah you can teach there five years from now after you've done you've done teaching somewhere else, you know, like, so we just want to be really clear that not everybody is going to get you, but like pay attention to people's motives and Mm -hmm. and what they want. And, you know, yoga isn't just a, just a, um, a modality of healing. People use this practice as a business. So yeah, don't forget that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you can't do trainings and all these things. It's just go into it aware. Uh, don't purchase anything that you can't afford. Mm-hmm. You know, um, check in if you can check with other people, their experience with that training or that person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like for Kimberly and I, most of our clients and our students are from referral, you know, because our, the people that we've worked with are pleased with how we've helped them. So, you know, Look at that. Is it is the engagement happening because they have these huge uh, marketing plans with these huge um, sales efforts, or you know, are they are have you learned about it from people that you trust that actually experienced benefit from it? Yeah. So we hope that this kind of gave you a little bit of awareness around like thinking about what your dream is and how you can, you know, make sure that you don't fall to predatory practices um, <laughs> and you know it's just something to keep in mind that your dream is also throughout your career going to change and shift there's mm-hmm. going to be differences in what you thought like the and I didn't think we were going to be teaching yoga and now here we are you know yeah. so, so things change and that's good and it's okay you know and you learn from your I mean I learned a hard lesson from my mistake big time um and so, sometimes, and sometimes we have to repeat a mistake a few times before we're like, is. "Oh, it's time to move on." 
<laughs> you the know? lessons for me with money, when it has to do with money, I'll learn fast. You know, yeah. like it, it's my time sometimes is a little bit, I'll push it a little bit longer. But if yeah. it's something where I'm paying for something that I don't see a benefit or result from, then I'm going to wise up really fast. Like yeah. it's just part of um, how I learn too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's important. And I want people to know that, you know, your time it is important and your financials are important too. And yeah. it's important for you to keep those in mind when you're making these types of decisions. Yeah. And, you know, if you do make a mistake, it's okay. You know, learn and move on. And if you keep making the same mistake and feeling the same way, then I would say it's time to seek help from a licensed professional (laughs) to help you get over that hump so you don't repeat the suffering. Yes. So we hope that helps you. We'll be back next week. You can find our archive podcasts at don'tsufferlikeus.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram at don'tsufferlikeus. Um, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Yeah, and just don't suffer like us. Oh, also, Dia, what about your workshop? Oh, yes. I have a workshop coming up on Sunday, uh, February 21st, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. It is called Pose and Prose, the body as a metaphor. So we're going to explore some of those metaphors that we use regarding uh, life experience, Um in our body and write a bit. Awesome. So sign up at theapachelle.com slash workshops and we'll see you guys or we'll you'll hear from us again soon. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of Don't Suffer Like Us.